A major disinfection operation took place at a Taoyuan factory staffed by migrant workers on Tuesday after an employee who returned to Thailand last week tested positive for COVID-19. Although the patient had already been in Thailand for four days when he tested positive, officials say that because he was in self-isolation during that time, there is a high possibility that he caught the infection in Taiwan. A testing and tracing operation is underway, and meanwhile, five more imported cases have been discovered, with a handful of contacts told to isolate themselves. That brings the imported cases tally up to 12 for this week. The factory and dormitories are thoroughly disinfected here in Taoyuan Xingwu district. The patient returned to Thailand on July 21st and was diagnosed COVID positive on July 25th. He fell sick on his fourth day in Thailand. He was in isolation there. Even though the incubation period can be as short as three days, the chance of him being infected in Thailand during the isolation period is quite slim. So it's most likely that he was infected in Taiwan. The man had been working in Taiwan for two and a half years. He didn't leave the country in that time. The Central Epidemic Command Center refuses to rule out a local transmission and has moved swiftly to test and trace his contacts. 189 people are currently being tested and 28 have been confirmed negative. Officials also plan to increase testing drives for migrant workers visiting doctors in Taoyuan. This morning, we received the residence permit data of the Thai migrant laborers based in Taoyuan from the Ministry of Labor. We want to check which migrant laborers may have had respiratory tract or digestive symptoms in the last few months so that we can make some tests. Meanwhile, imported cases continue to trickle over Taiwan's borders. Firstly, I must report about our five new imported cases today. Four of them, patient numbers 463 to 467, arrived from the Philippines. The other arrived from Hong Kong. The four from the Philippines were on one flight, and we have identified 15 contacts, 10 of whom were sitting on seats directly in front of or behind the patients. They are all in self-isolation. The other five contacts are cabin crew members who have been told to monitor their health very closely. Just this week, Taiwan has seen 12 imported cases enter the country, seven of whom entered from the Philippines. On July 26, new health checks were announced for travelers arriving from the Philippines in an effort to make sure the trickle doesn't become a flood. Healthcare workers are protesting a plan to allow medical tourism starting this Saturday. At a press conference called by KMT lawmaker Jiang Wanan, two medical groups said the policy was created without consulting frontline workers on their capacity for handling patients. Starting August 1st, foreign nationals will be allowed to enter Taiwan for certain medical purposes. Some worry that will elevate Taiwan's risk for COVID infections. I think our medical resources are limited. Opening them up to foreigners will increase the burden on our medical system. I don't know if the national health insurance system would be able to handle it. After all, the pandemic hasn't completely died down. I think the policy should be put on hold for a while. In the future, before these kinds of policies are announced, would it be possible for them to first communicate with frontline medical workers and maybe hold an internal meeting with experts? That way, they'd be able to see the policy's impact on the public and medical professionals. 
Staff members at these institutions already have a lot of work to do. Nurses are extremely busy. Now they could have to take on these cases of foreigners seeking medical care. It just shows that when formulating these policies, they did not fully consider the opinions of medical workers. Opposition voices are rising from the public as well as from medical workers. Recently, a Thai national who resided in Taiwan was diagnosed with COVID-19 after returning to Thailand. The case could herald tighter public health measures for Taiwan. KMT lawmaker Jiang spoke against opening Taiwan for medical tourism, saying it was a sensitive time. If there is an oversight at the border that creates an opening for the virus, whose responsibility would that be? Now, the government is enacting this policy that lets foreigners in. Who are the foreigners in question? What medical assistance do they need? Which types of medical care are covered? The government must give a clear explanation of the details to the people. KMT lawmakers say the government owes a clearer explanation of the policy and how it will be implemented. Internet users have also voiced opposition to the reopening, saying the Thai administration was creating a backdoor for Chinese nationals to take advantage of Taiwan's medical resources. Following the plagiarism scandal surrounding KMT mayoral candidate Jane Lee, the Ministry of Education is under pressure to get tough on academic ethics. The ministry has responded by naming eight strategies it will pursue to make it harder for plagiarism or thesis ghostwriting to go unremarked in Taiwan's higher education. They include punishing problem institutions by restricting their access to students and requiring schools to make transparent their mechanisms for choosing oral defense examiners. Lee apologizes in an attempt to salvage her campaign from the plagiarism scandal. But doubts over ethics in academia has spread further than her individual case. The Ministry of Education has been forced to make a statement. If academic institutions don't deal with it after being instructed to do so by the Ministry of Education, then the Ministry will flag that as a factor to consider when deciding whether to reduce its student quota, suspend its enrollment, or adjust its subsidies. The MOE has announced eight new strategies it says will help enforce academic ethics. They include bringing department probes into a scheme to safeguard the integrity of academic honors, decreasing the number of students that can be enrolled at schools suspected to have plagiarism problems, and requiring schools to make public the proportion of the theses that are unavailable to the public, as well as how special oral defense examiners are chosen. If plagiarism persists, academic supervisors and entire departments will be held accountable. In principle, in orientation, and in its fundamentals, this strategy is correct. It is a solution tailored to this issue. The problem is, will academic supervisors or directors of studies enforce the rules strictly? It should be impossible for them not to discern whether students are plagiarizing based on their knowledge of the student's level and progress. Likewise for thesis ghostwriting. The responsibility need not be placed over much on the wider institution. This NTU professor approves the eight strategies, but he stresses that each student's academic supervisor as well as the heads of departments are key to stopping plagiarism. Only two people are chosen to examine the oral defense. One is the supervisor's recommendation and the other is approved by the department head. If there is no investigation mechanism for the department heads, then it becomes possible for the supervisors to abuse their position. The Ministry of Education says that between 2016 and 2020, 17 students were stripped of their academic credentials after plagiarism.
The Taiwan Stock Exchange soared to an all-time high on Tuesday before crashing to close slightly down. Led by TSMC, the TIEX shot up by more than 400 points at one point. Then profit-taking took hold and the market fell sharply to finish down 0.01% at 12,586. During this extremely volatile session, turnover crossed a record high of 343.9 billion NT. The new Taiwan dollar also soared and crashed, driven by foreign institutional investors. Foreign inflows into the stock market massively pushed up Taiwan's currency before selling pressure set in. Foreign institutional investors sold a net of 7.3 billion NT. The new Taiwan dollar slumped to finish only slightly up at 29.502 NT. The triple stimulus vouchers have ignited lots of excitement about spending sprees and good discounts. But they could bring a ray of sunshine to the natural world too. The Raptor Research Group of Taiwan has found a nifty way to recycle the little plastic cases that came free with the paper vouchers. Tape up the four edges of the case, then cut two of the corners off, and in under three minutes you've made a great cover for a crested goshawk's tail. If the distinctive orange plastic seems familiar, that's because it's the case your paper triple stimulus vouchers came in. But the Raptor Research Group of Taiwan has another use for it. One of our colleagues got his vouchers and then looked at the case and thought, it kind of looks like a tail feather case. So he asked me, can I make this into a tail feather case? Because when the bird's tail is injured, for example, birds of prey need to hunt. So the tail is very important for its sense of balance. If the tail is injured, that messes up its balance. Raptors are at risk of damage to their large tails when they're put into baskets like this one by vets. That's why the team put a cover on each one's tail to protect it. The group is collecting triple stimulus voucher cases for this exact purpose. We don't need that many, actually. Normally in the past, we would wash a case after using it and use it for lots of birds in succession. The research group's main work is in rescuing injured birds of prey, such as hawks and owls. They treat and save more than 100 individuals every year, later releasing them back into the wild. Now they're the latest winners of the stimulus scheme. Two winners hit the largest ever power lottery jackpot in a draw on Monday. Each scored $1.562 billion NT dollars. One of them bought the life-changing ticket in Taipei, and the other bought it at a shop in Nanto County. The two lottery houses set off firecrackers on Tuesday to celebrate the arrival of the god of wealth. The winning numbers were generated by a computer. The Taiwan Lottery Company said the Nanto winners spent just 200 NT on tickets on this most recent round of the bi-weekly power lottery. The Taipei winner bought 5,600 NT worth of tickets. This lucky customer landed not just the grand prize, but also the second, fourth and sixth division prizes for total winnings of 1.589 billion NT dollars. In a surprise move, Taiwan's ally Nicaragua has decided to replace its ambassador to Taiwan, William Tapia. Taiwan's foreign ministry made the announcement on Monday. Tapia has been a staunch supporter of Taiwan throughout his 13-year tenure. His abrupt removal has set off fresh concerns that a change is coming to the Taiwan-Nicaragua relationship. In mid-July, Nicaragua issued a presidential directive removing Tapia from his post as Taiwan ambassador. Taiwan and all your government is not alone. We are here to support you and to be by your side all the time. 
Tapia has been a strong supporter of Taiwan for many years. During a speech at a diplomatic reception last year, he went off script to declare his friendship with the island nation. It's been 13 years since he was posted here in 2008. He's the head of the Foreign Diplomatic Corps, as well as a vocal advocate for closer Taiwan-Nicaragua ties. His abrupt removal has raised worries about a possible change in diplomatic relations. Our relationship with Nicaragua is stable and friendly. Our communication channels are very smooth. Their diplomats rotate routinely. This does not affect the friendship between Taiwan and Nicaragua. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs wouldn't comment further on the personnel transfer, instead stressing that the relationship was stable and communication smooth. But looking at Nicaragua's recent activities, it would appear that more turbulence is ahead. In 2018 and 2019, Nicaragua did not mention Taiwan in its remarks at the UN General Assembly. Last year, it was the only allied country that did not express its support. In addition, Nicaragua was not a signatory to a pro-Taiwan letter sent to the UN Secretary General. This July, Nicaragua endorsed China's new Hong Kong security law, indicating that the two sides were moving closer. This should be seen as a major warning sign. Nicaragua has always been on the fence. The Pan Blue Camp warns that the Nicaraguan government is an ambivalent friend. It's also a dictatorship courted by a persistent Chinese suitor. These factors all flag Nicaragua as the next ally to switch allegiance. Public spending on prescription drugs soared to a new high in 2019. According to the latest data, the National Health Insurance Program spent more than $200 billion in tea on medication for the first time on record. Hepatitis C drugs were the top medications used by insured patients in 2019. Drugs that treated cardiovascular disease also ranked high on the list, as in previous years. Toward the goal of eliminating hepatitis C, we've set aside a special fund since 2017. That budget has been increasing. Not only has the amount increased, the number of people using that fund has increased as well. So the number one and two drugs are new oral drugs for hepatitis C. As for the other drugs on the list, they're mostly drugs for high blood pressure, high blood glucose or high blood lipid. Oral drugs for hepatitis C are fully covered by the National Health Insurance as part of the government's goal to get down to zero cases by 2025. The two hepatitis C drugs at the top of the ranking cost a combined $6.82 billion NT dollars. The administrator of the insurance program said that Taiwan's growth in drug spending was a natural re result of its rapidly aging society. For the first time in 46 years, Taiwan will get through July without a single typhoon making landfall. That's what the Central Weather Bureau is expecting based on the models of low-pressure systems in the region. Even so, Taiwan should brace for rain this weekend as a low-pressure system near the Philippines appear on track to intensify. Amid the scorching sun, the CWB again issued high-temperature warnings on Tuesday. Meanwhile, the Pacific High has drifted north, which means the low-pressure area near the Philippines' Luzon Island could intensify. According to U.S. meteorological forecasts, it could develop into a storm system this weekend. Currently in the sea east of the Philippines, there are several tropical cloud clusters waxing and waning. It's an environment that's fairly favorable for further developments. But as for when we will have a mature system, such as a tropical depression or even a typhoon, we can only determine that with more observation and data analysis. 
The CWB says it's too soon to tell whether a typhoon is in the making. What's certain is that Taiwan will not be struck by a typhoon in July for the first time in 46 years. 目前看起来，其实在八月，当整个环境的变化。At present, it's looking like the environment will change in August compared to the atmospheric circulation seen in July. Conditions in August will be more conducive to tropical storm systems. On Sunday and Monday, the disturbance of moisture near Luzon will begin to affect Taiwan, bringing rain to eastern and southern parts of the country. Starting Sunday, southern and eastern Taiwan will feel the effects of a low-pressure system to the south, which will bring intermittent rains and afternoon showers to mountainous areas. How heavy the rains are will depend on whether the tropical system matures. I'd like to remind everyone that over these coming days, afternoon thunder showers will become more common, and brief downpours are likely. Damp weather is up ahead. Those heading up to the mountains this weekend should keep an umbrella handy and be on the alert for afternoon storms. Where are workers paid the most in Taiwan? In a ranking released by wage comparison site Salary.tw, Xinzhou placed first, with Science Park Engineering lifting the local average. What's perhaps more surprising is that the second highest average pay was reported in Miaoli. On average, workers in the county earn just over 40,000 NT dollars a month. One ex- expert says that Kushimali salaries could be thanks to the Zunan Science Park. It's seen as a less crowded alternative to Shinsu Science Park, and tech firms have been moving in and driving up wages. A similar phenomenon is taking place at the Southern Taiwan Science Park in Tainan, where wages rank above Taichung and Kaohsiung. An old bathhouse of the Songshan Tobacco Factory has been converted into a library、uh, by a professional design team. It's a far cry from the public bathhouse used by female factory employees in the mid 20th century. Let's take a look. This public bathhouse was built in 1937, and now it's been transformed into a library. There are about 20,000 design books. As you enter the library, there's a small ramp that visitors can walk up into an area called the book bath. Here, readers can pick a book and then step down into the bathtub and read. The book bath retains part of the original 1937 interior design. Meanwhile, visitors are surrounded by books symbolizing immersion in knowledge.、Uh, as you can see from the、uh, from the site,、uh, is surrounded by、uh, over two twenty. Thousands of design books. This bathhouse, located in the old Songshan Tobacco Factory, was originally built for female tobacco workers. It's been revamped into a library by professional design team. The new space is managed by the Taiwan Design Research Institute and designed by landscape designer Wu Shuren of JC Architecture. The renovated library is divided into three sections: book bath, bathhouse, and outdoor garden. Bathhouse maintains interior details from the Japanese colonial period, such as a semi-circular bathtub, the floors, windows, and roof. We preserved all the histor- historical architecture and the window, and used the new design to、uh, co- combine with the his- historical building. Patrons can also head out to the garden. This outdoor garden was originally the patio of the old bathhouse, but now it has become a relaxing outdoor reading area. For the garden, we cannot use any、uh, machine. So for the constructor and the worker, they have to dig the ground by hand. So it's really、uh, handmade. The building and also the the garden. Uh, wasn't open uh, for 81,、uh, 
81 years old. The design team plans to use the space to hold exhibitions and workshops. They hope to provide a space for people to bathe in knowledge and explore the history of Taiwan's tobacco industry. For Most News, Stephanie Yang, Huang Pinghan in Taipei.